0: Now, as far as some of the other games, let's go to the first game of this series. So we get the Max News, and it started, and we were actually going to do a podcast after the opener of this series. I apologize. There's a lot going home on at the house, at the home. So we kind of have to put everything together today. I apologize. But if you remember, going back to Tuesday, the day before that, there's a Mike Puma article that talks about how Max Scherzer's just fighting to stay off the I.L., And I was, I got to tell you, I was very bothered by this. And I've been accused of being a Max Scherzer hater, that I'm just a jilted DeGrom lover. I don't have any reason to want to hate Max Scherzer. Okay? I have reason to hate him right now because he's not pitching well, and he's a mercenary, and I look at him very cold. I'm sorry, I'm cold-blooded when I look at him. I don't have any emotion towards Max Scherzer. And if you do, you should question yourself, to to be quite honest with you. I have no idea why you'd have any emotion to a guy that signed here because we gave him $45 million. I appreciate him coming here, but stop. Okay? He's a mercenary. And he got off to a great start, and now he's a big failure. So that's my vendetta against Max Scherzer. I, that's it. Like, if he goes out and pitches great, I'd be thrilled. So Max Scherzer floats out the, yeah, I'm not healthy card. And, and that's how I took it. I took it as an excuse. He's doing an interview with Mike Puma to basically tell everybody, I'm hurt. Look at me. I'm such a hero for fighting through it. And some gullible Met fans are going to buy it. And they're going to say, oh, he's tough. He battles it. He's a gamer. All those stupid cliches that people use. It annoys me sometimes. So that comes out on Monday. Then on Tuesday, we start to hear David Peterson's in Cincinnati. So now you put two and two together. uh Uh-oh, he's hurt. And in the interview he did with Mike Puma, he talks specifically about what the injury was which was the thing behind the shoulder. What's that muscle called? I already forgot. The scapula. The scapula. There you go. Okay, he's got a scapula. Now, we also know he has a sore back. That's how he missed uh, or had a start push back before the L.A. suspension. So now David Peterson's in town. Max Serz has already floated out an injury. Then he officially gets scratched, and we find out it's not even the scapula. It's not even the back, though I'm sure it all could be related. It's his neck. He's got a sore neck. This guy's got everything wrong with him. Everything, except he's a gamer. He's a a tough gamer. He didn't come here for the money. He came here because he's a gamer, and he's tough, and he's rough. Oh, I love it. Yeah, the the gamer didn't pitch. And now the gamer's being pushed back a few days. And when he does pitch, if he does pitch, and he struggles, ah, he battled through it. He fought. He battled. I don't know if I speak for every Met fan when I say this. I know I don't speak for every Met fan when I give my opinion. I'm just giving my opinion. I don't want to hear what the hell's wrong with him. I don't really care. Either pitch, don't pitch, and if you do pitch, pitch well. If you give up six runs in three innings, I don't want to hear about your scapula. If you're hurt, go on the injured list. If you can't pitch, don't pitch. So that's how the series starts. The series starts with Max Scherzer giving us, I may pitch, I may not pitch. Uh, I think we all lack confidence in David Peterson. He has not pitched well so far in 2023. Like I mentioned, he goes back down to the minor leagues, deservedly so. He makes one start. He's not very good. And right out the gate, like even in the at-bat against India where he strikes him out, he has zero command, zero and he gives up a double and an RBI single, and he's throwing wild pitches. And then the second inning's a disaster. He walks the leadoff hitter. And you can tell Buck's thinking to himself, Am I really going to the bullpen in the first and second inning? Like, what am I doing here? Like, I, how is this sustainable? And it's just, it drives you nuts because the Mets' offense does nothing in the top of the first inning. The score now is 34 to 9, and how they've been outscored in the first inning which is bad on both accounts. They don't score any runs in the first inning, and they give up a million. And Peterson was just abysmal. And then Lindor, let's get to him. I'm sorry, let's get to Lindor. Go back to the second inning of this game. The Cincinnati Reds are up one nothing. They've got second and third one out. Jonathan India grounds out. They get a run, and it's 2 nothing. And this T.J. Friedell hits a ground ball to shortstop. Lindor's got to make the play. He's got to. Francisco Lindor, if he is the elite defensive shortstop, we all think he is. And I and I mostly do, by the way. I think he's mostly a tremendous defensive shortstop. He's got to put that ball in his back pocket. It leads to another run. It leads to two more base runners. It leads to a higher pitch count. And for all I know, it could potentially have led to David Peterson getting his ass handed to him in the fourth inning when Buck finally rescued him from the game and went to Steven Nogosik. And the game got worse. And Nagosik wasn't great. And he's given up a two-run double to Kevin Newman. And the Mets are getting killed. And all of a sudden, you look up, and it's 7-1 in the sixth inning. And they start to fight, which I appreciate. You know, Francisco Alvarez hits two home runs, which was great to see, even though they were both solo home runs. It's still something. It's still a pulse. Pete Alonso hits a home run on an 0-2 pitch, which was impressive. They put guys on base in the seventh inning. And all of a sudden you're looking at this saying this could be the signature win. I think Jerry Blevin said it on the broadcast and I agree with him down seven to one, kind of like what happened in Philadelphia. Um, after Nagosik and Peterson struggles, Jeff Brigham comes in and gets a couple of guys out and it's all set up in the seventh inning. Beatty draws a walk. Marte gets an infield hit, which was nice to see because even though he didn't have great at bats He's busting it down the line. He beats out a single. Daniel Vogelback does what he does best, which draws a walk. And so here they are in the seventh inning of this game. Think about where they are. It's 7-3, to and they have the bases loaded and nobody out. This is all set up. And I've said this way too often on this podcast. I hate saying it. If this is a year ago, we know this plays out differently. But it's not a year ago. It's 2023, where the Mets get outscored 34-9 to in the first inning, and their starting pitchers are lucky to get through four. Mark Hanna swings at the goddamn first pitch and hits a ground ball to shortstop for a tailor-made, no-big-deal double play. Run scores it's 7-4. Now the tying run is not at the plate, and there are two outs. And that was a killer. But it all leads to a moment that I think is fascinating. All right, and that happens in the eighth inning. But before I get to that moment in the eighth inning, let's go back to the fifth inning. Because in the fifth inning, the umpires at Great American Ballpark made an egregious call. They made an absolutely egregious call. Because in that fifth inning, that's when there was a play at second base. And I think it was Will Myers was the base runner, if memory serves correct. Will Myers pulls an a and sticks his hand up to swap the ball away as a ground ball is coming towards second base. Lindor's trying to make the play. He's coming towards second, and Myers swats at it. Now, we have a couple of issues here. Issue number one is it's not reviewable. That is not the umpire's fault. That's baseball's fault. So we are now in this zone where the umpires have to get the call right. If they don't get the call right, there's no recourse to fix it. Unfortunately for us, and it's the story of our year, they got the call wrong. And because they got the call wrong, and we all saw it, Buck Showalter was given no choice. Buck Showalter has not been thrown out of a game yet as a manager of the New York Mets. But this was his moment. Like, there was, if Buck Showalter didn't get ejected in the fifth inning of game one on an egregious non interference call on Will Myers, we all would have crucified him. We all would have gone to town on him. So I'm not going to compliment Buck for getting thrown out. I'm going to say he had no choice. There was a terrible call. There was no recourse with replay. So Buck Showalter had to go out there and lose his effing mind. And he did to a degree. I mean, he got ejected. He gave us what they wanted. And as he walked off the field, I thought of Joe Girardi. I'll tell you why. When the New York Yankees won the World Series in 2009, it was not all easy. You know, we hear a lot about the Phillies' struggles last year and the Nationals' struggles last year. The 9 Yankees did knock it off to a great start. In June, they didn't look like a championship team. But there was something. There was a game that happened that sticks out in my mind that turned everything. Joe Girardi got ejected from a game. It was against the Braves' in interleague play. Uh, and the Yankees responded. And Francisco Cervelli hit a big home run. The Yankees won that game. And you could double-check what the Yankees did from that point, but it felt all these years later like it was a clear turnaround. That's what I thought of. I said, all right, Buck's getting thrown out. At the time, it's five to one or it's four to one. So the Mets are behind, but that's where we are in the game. And I thought maybe Buck going crazy here and getting thrown out and Eric Chavez being the manager is going to spark this team. The first thing that was a terrible sign is that T.J. Friedell ripped a two-run double. Like on the second pitch. Like two pitches after this big argument, he just destroys a double. Up the alley in right center field. And I'm sighing to myself, thinking, okay. (laughs) I I thought this would turn everything around. It did not. Now, the reason I jump back to that is because Buck is not managing this game, or at least we don't think he's managing this game. You want to tell me he's texting Eric Chavez or he's calling Eric Chavez? I actually don't buy that. I have become more of a believer a, in managers are rejected are not managing, other than the things that may have been talked about pregame. This guy's not available. That guy's not available. I also don't think GMs manage as much. Right, that's that's an old talking point from three years ago. Well, Aaron Boone, he's just uh, he's a, a puppet. Hey, come on. I don't buy that. I don't buy it for a second, but that's a different podcast. So I do think that Eric Chavez is managing, but if you want to argue with me about it, I respect it. So let's get back to this eighth inning. Now, remember in the seventh inning, the Mets got closer. It became 7-4 and Mark Canna grounded out with the bases loaded. So now in the eighth inning, Lindor, hits this two run bomb. It is now a baseball game. Here we go. The Mets are down by a run. With two outs and a runner on first, Starling Marte on an 0-2 pitch comes through with a rip single to center field. Great. Great sign. Fantastic. Daniel Vogelback now draws a walk. And that was amazing to see. I mean, it was a clutch walk by Mr. Walk himself, Daniel Vogelback. And he does this against Alexis Diaz, Edwin's brother, who's now in the game. So it's all set up. The Mets are down by a run. There's two outs in the eighth. It's seven to six. This is the comeback we have been waiting for. And Marcana's due do up. Now, here's what the Mets have on their bench. They've got Luis Guillorme. They've got Tomas Nito. They've got Tommy Pham. They've got Eduardo Escobar. I want to be perfectly honest with you. I wanted Marcana up in that spot. I mean, I'm, I'm putting my hands up. I'll take the shots from anybody who wants to say it. He is a professional who just grounded out with the bases loaded and nobody out. He bounced into a double play. I look at my options and I look at Canna and I have to make a decision. The answer is not everybody sucks. That's not the answer. That's a lazy answer. We have to make a decision. We're not just conceding the third out and calling it a day. You are sending up Mark Hanna, which is my choice, or you're sending up any of those four guys I mentioned. So let's play a game. They have this at the George W. Bush Presidential Library. I'm not even kidding you. He's got a game in which they give you a presidential decision. And then you got to decide. Like, you got 30 seconds. Make up your mind. All right, Katrina hits. What are you going to do? All right, Saddam's got weapons of mass destruction. What are you going to do? So it's bases loaded, two outs. You know the situation. Alexis Diaz is on the mound. is 0 for 3. is hitting 218. He just grounded into a double play. That is choice number one. The other options are all the guys on the bench. Now, you watch the game, you know what they did. Pete Hoffman, you've got Guillaume, Nito, Fam, Escobar, or letting Kana hit. Go ahead. Your choice. Well, I- I'm just going to say this. I'm definitely not going Guillaume. That doesn't make a difference of what I saw. It's not a second, second, uh, Monday morning quarterback. I don't think I'm going Kana either. I'm probably going to go Escobar. Think about what you just said. I know. I but I but I also watched Canna ground to a double play the inning prior and wanted to punch myself in the face, which I might have actually done. So obviously, that was a huge moment in this game, and I can't lie and tell you that Mark Canna's having some type of great year. He's not. He's had a terrible season. He is one of the the quote unquote dead weights that the Mets are employing right now. But Eduardo Escobar doesn't play baseball anymore. He doesn't. He never plays. He hit a home run against the Braves on May 1st. This game is May 9th. Since then, he started a game and went 0 for 2, and he started one other game and went 0 for 3. He plays one game a series. He doesn't play baseball anymore. So your decision, which is fine, there is no right answer because they're all wrong answers, is Eduardo Escobar. My answer is Marcana. Eric Chavez or Buck Walter decided Luis Guillorme is the right answer. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you about this. When you make that decision to send up Luis Guillorme, here's what you're doing. You immediately need to DFA Eduardo Escobar. He's gone. He's off the roster because there is no use for him. Period. There's no use for him. Why is he here? Like Eduardo Escobar's plus is supposed to be his offense. And don't give me the splits. Well, no, but if it was a lefty, he'd be up there. Okay. It's Alexis Diaz. Most pitchers are right-handed pitchers. Most of them you're sending up your defensive specialist with the bases loaded and two outs down a run. So what you announce to the world, when you make that decision is that Eduardo Escobar is useless and can't be on this roster anymore. So let's start with that. Now, I respect, Pete, that your answer is Escobar. My answer is Mark Canna. And like I said earlier, there really isn't a right answer because none of them are good options. Like, we all admit that. And by the way, everybody email the pod, the ricobh.com. Who do you send up? Oh, I'm curious. Like, what's the answer? What's the consensus answer? I say keep Kana. Hoff says use Escobar. The brilliant Mets decided to use Guillerme. We all agree Tomas Nito is not an option. And then you got Tommy fan and it sucked. Guillermo struck out. It is what it is. Now, does that end the game? No, there's a bottom of the ninth inning. I'm sorry. A top of the ninth inning. You've got Francisco Alvarez coming up. Who had hit two home runs. You have Brandon Nimmo coming up. You have Lindor coming up. And instead they went down as meekly as you could. One, two, three. So while it felt like Yorme striking out and Canna grounding into a double play was the game, it turned out to be, they had a chance in the ninth inning. And what made that loss painful is I did think, naively, this could be the game that turns everything around. And it didn't.